the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Happy February 18th. That's right. It's a new day. It's a new dollar. Bring on more winter storms. Bring them on. This market continues to use the winter storms to hide any weakness that there might be tied towards the economy. So bring them on. Um, We're close to all-time highs. We're starting to get to minor resistance on the upside. Don't read too much into that. The worse the weather gets, the stronger the stock market seems to be. Some people would say, hey, it's not as many traders on the floor. There seems to be a skeletal cruise. That is very true. But, and that's a big but, it's Kardashian nature. A big, 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 big mother nature last week. Um, the markets were up 2.3 and 2.9% last week. Um, people saw that 3%, 4%, 5%, 6% correction. Woohoo, we're going down 20%. And now we're near all-time highs again. Um, again, bad weather will only hide bad economy, economic data for so long. I, From what we're seeing, if I were to parse it a little bit, it's a little bit less than what we want it as far as economic data, with or without the... Uh, weather excuse. Coming up in a few minutes, about 25 plus minutes, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. Big corporate news out there. Well, okay, let's start with Asia. Nikkei is the center of the world for monetary easing right now. The United States is tapering, so we've kind of moved from the center and passed the torch on to the Nikkei um, and Japan's Bank of Japan. They're extending three special loan programs by one year. Coincidentally, it was reported Japan's fourth quarter GDP increased at a disappointing annualized rate of 1%. 2.8% was the forecast. Now, those numbers get uh, revalued, get looked at again. Different components come in a little bit later with hard data versus soft data. So don't read in too much into anything ever. One data point is not enough. Big corporate news today is activists. It's going to be acquiring... Forest Labs in a cash and stock deal worth $25 billion. One of them is a generic drug company. The other is a maker of big pharmaceutical products. It's interesting to note that the generic company is the one who's doing the acquiring. It's only interesting to note people like me who are financial nerds. So, Rob, go out and kiss the girl. Don't be a financial nerd, right? 
Um, we'll talk about some of the drugs that they're acquiring. I think it's kind of important to get an idea of this. Side note already in the story is that Carl Icahn was the second large shareholder of Forest Labs, so he hits yet another home run. It seems to be every 20 minutes he has a hit home run. Four stockholders are going to receive 89.48 a share. It's 25% above the closing price. Uh, Forrest does a lot of branded medicines. Activist is a generic player. They say that the difference between buying uh, generic drugs and brand label drugs is a college degree versus a high school degree. So people with high school degrees will go out and buy the brand name, which is 30% more. People with college degrees will go out and buy the generic, which same formula, um, different packaging. So you pay a lot of extra money for the packaging. So, but then again, it is, it is kind of confusing to sometimes, like you have allergies and, you know, you send the sugar booker to the, the pharmacy and she comes back and you, you're like, I want Allegra, and she comes back with something that's close to Dayquil. And it's like, eh, not quite. Well, I'll take it, but not quite. We have a little bit of a mess there. We have a little bit of a mess. So, um, Activist was once known as Watson Pharmaceuticals. In 2012, they acquired a company called Zug. Last year, it purchased Warner Chilcott. This is a massively consolidating industry. Uh, Warner Chilcott has a, a play on women's health and urology, which, mentioned that to a man 45 or older, time to go see the urologist. No! It's just wrong on so many levels. So, Forrest is a good acquisition. You know, um, again, Icon knows what he's doing. So, he invested in M-Clone uh, many, many years ago in 2008, which was sold to Lilly. He invested in Gemsign, which was sold to Sanofi. Um, he's invested in Amlin Pharmaceuticals, which was bought by Bristol-Myers Squibb. Uh, Biogen, whose stock has almost tripled in the past two years. So, I'd say almost anything he does there turns to gold. Me luck, me, me. Uh, me pot of gold, yeah. So, Coca-Cola, not a good, not a good quarter. One of those quarters where they open the bottle, and you hear this, you're like, oh, there's no carbonation in it. There's no fizz, you're killing me, you're killing me, you're killing me. But they said, they said something that we love. We are going to do a billion-dollar buyback. Now, some people don't love that. If you're, you know, growth and the volume of people overseas having jobs will probably drink more Coke or, you know, it's the Western experience to show off. Um, I see downside right around 37, 36. In a worst-case scenario, I think it's, it's at its market bottom. I think you can sell it a year from now for 20% gain. Now, should you go out and buy it? No. You need to consult a broker mention. I think it's a very conservative name. Um, with that said, consult a broker mentioned. So they're going to do a billion-dollar buyback. Um, billion-dollar cost-cutting, excuse me, is probably the right way of saying that. They, or earnings hit $1.7 billion, down from $1.8 billion. They're going to reduce its supply and data management costs. They're going to overhaul marketing programs, generate a billion dollars in savings. Global volume sales rose 2%, which is okay. It's not great. Um, it, less than the 4% growth expected. So their problems seem to be a lot more macro than micro. Um, so we'll watch. We'll pay attention. Tyson Foods made a bid to buy Michael Foods, which is a processing and distribution business owned by control, uh, Goldman Sachs. 
it's unclear right now how much Tyson wants to pay for Michael's. Uh, Michael's products include Simply Potatoes. Yeah, I kind of know them. Fetties, Easy Eggs, don't know them. Crystal Farms Cheese, I don't know if I know them. So not a huge deal, but um, it's a deal nonetheless. You know, we take these deals as we can on Wall Street. We do not ignore them. We do not turn them down. We do not mock them. Speaking of deals, someone wants to come public. And let's just say it's divine. King, the maker of the popular mobile game Candy Crush, just filed to raise $500 million in an IPO. In fourth quarter 2012, their revenue was $71 million. A year later, $632 million in 90 days. Playing Candy Crush. Candy, Candy, Candy Crush. Now, of that $632 million that they made in the last 90 days, they booked $269 million in profit. Now, they've got some other games, there's no doubt about it. But they're basically making a billion dollars a year projected on buying extra lives, not buying digital cows, but buying digital lives. It's not like you really died and had a doctor come and you're, that's worth a billion dollars. Now, there is a bit of a tiny dip in fourth quarter versus third quarter, and that might raise an eyebrow. It certainly tells you that it's time to come public because uh, it's time to pass on or it's time to maximize your gains. Netflix House Cards is another big success. You ain't no Game of Thrones, but people seem to like you a lot more than they did in season one. Orange the New Black coming in the coming weeks, um, I've been told, should be a watch. I'm just too busy, which is one of the things that Netflix plays really well into is maybe a year from now, two years from now, I'll break an ankle. I'll be, you know, laid out and binge watching this heaven. And they're in the right space for that. I think they should fire AMC Networks. We break here. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money invested in more. We've got some mixed markets. Take a break. We'll be right back. I like enrollment day. Um, unless there's a, a change, a clear-cut change. P500 index down 0.1. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This fits in the song, Money Grabber, seems to sum up my love life. It always ends with the don't call back money grabber commentary, right? Anyhow and anyway, um, I'm not going to spoil the Olympics. Uh, there's some results out this morning. I can't sense that this is a big win for NBC. I might be wrong. It just doesn't, I don't know. I can't figure out when the men skate, the women skate. I can't figure out what channels they're on. It seems to be vague and hiding from me intentionally. Or maybe I'm just getting older and I can't figure it all out. Um, But NBC paid a lot for the Olympics. and There was a quote out from the Russian television broadcaster that said, of course they won that game in hockey. NBC paid a lot of money to win that gold, or to win that game against Russia. I know you're saying that's a great Russian accent. Thanks for setting back uh, Russian-American, ter- uh, uh, what is, tensions 
40 plus years back to the Rocky Balboa era. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything we want to talk about, we could talk about. There's a Tesla protesting a bill that would ex- limit expansion. There's also some angles tied towards um, Tesla meeting with Apple last year. S&P 500 is down fractions. The Dow's down 23. The Nasdaq up 17. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, you are a financial planner. One of the things you try to do is bulletproof a retirement plan. One of the things that everyone knows is in retirement that long-term care insurance can be kind of expenses, expensive. But what are some of the other expenses people need to account for? Inflation. I mean, inflation is the biggest one. So, for example, a couple of years ago when Social Security um, had its first year where they didn't increase the benefit for people, right? Uh, we still had a double-digit uh, growth in cost for Medicare Part B, which comes right out of a Social Security check. Um, and then the year before that, there was a double-digit growth as well, um, which ate up more than the cost of living increase that was in Social Security. So inflation is the biggest one. When you're in your 80s, you don't eat out as much. You don't go on as many cruises and things like that. It's, so it's your health care costs that causes the biggest amount of inflation. So when I'm running a financial plan, most costs are going to run at 3 3.5% minimum right. of price increase in, in retirement. But you're, you've got to project out your health care costs and growing at 5 to 6%. With that said, that's not sexy. I think a lot of us delay thinking about retirement because retirement's not sexy. And then when we're in retirement, we really don't want to deal with these issues because yeah. it's, it's well, you know what I'm saying by sexy. It's just it's something we don't want to talk about. Well, the other thing is, is taxes that you've got to plan for. Taxes aren't sexy at all. Now, again, but, my assumption is I'm an old person. I'm not going to be paying a lot of taxes, but that's a false assumption. Well, yeah. I mean, if the dividend and Capital gains tax is a tax that's likely to increase. I mean, capital gains were at 27% when I got into this business. And 10 years after I got into it, we went in this huge bull market. So that's one tax. And the dividend taxes, which a lot of my clients are benefiting from the low tax rates on dividends and capital gains, that could change. It will change. Um, Income taxes, the, the lowest income tax could go higher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sales taxes in the state of California, it's ridiculous. You know, if you have a million dollars in retirement and anything you spend money on in retirement is 9.5%, you really only have $900,000 in retirement uh, just from the sales tax alone in the state of California. Or let's say you were a diligent saver, you ran a business, um, you've got a nice income in retirement. Well, guess what? Because of basically a success type of tax, you're going to pay twice as much for your Medicare Part B insurance than the guy next to you in the other house. How does that work? It's it's basically an income testing. They go, they go back and look at the last two to three years of income, and if you're over certain limits, you could pay two to three times as much more on your Medicare Part B as your neighbor. So the average person spends about 116 bucks a month on their Medicare Part B. You might be double that because yeah. your income's high. Our tax system is so broken it's, in the United States. It's ridiculous. I mean, you got everywhere from the earned income issue where if you don't make under a certain amount, you actually get paid, yeah. right, which is where H&R Block makes a lot of their money by people that – you know, kind of play that system, unfortunately. Um, it's it's a very distorted situation. That's why, you know, dealing with some of these issues that we have, we've got to fix the tax code before we can fix the budgets in this country. But the thing that you really need to figure out, too, when you go into retirement and you're looking at bulletproofing your retirement is what are you really going to spend the first five years? Because most of the people that I see retire spend more money yeah. in the first five years if they're really going to have an enjoyable retirement. That might be a good idea, though, because the first five to ten years of retirement, you're still young and healthy and spry, and mm-hmm. then the next ten years, you start losing some stuff. That's right. So 
do those dream things that you want to do sooner than later. Because, like, my mom, she's over 75, and she can't go to Egypt. She can't visit her grandkids. Like, she can't do any of that. Working an extra two to three years and letting your 401K grow and your employer match kick in can make such a huge difference on enjoying that first five to ten years of retirement, really how you want to enjoy it. Or, you know, Maybe take some time off, some sabbaticals, but really project your expenses, how you really want it to be. And don't forget about certain things, too, in your expenses, like a new car every five to ten years. Yeah. Um, and a lot of women that I'm seeing now because of the unemployment for college students um, and kids right out of high school is helping your family. A lot of people yeah. are having to change their retirement plan because their kids are depending on them and moving back in. And uh, that's something that you have to think about, too. What are your family dynamics? Who are you going to have to help? I think for my retirement, I saw On Golden Pond. Did you ever see On Golden Pond? Oh, yeah. Henry Fonda. You old poop. I decided I don't want to be old. Like, yeah. I, I kind of want to go out before I'm 80. I want my light to, to flicker. That was a movie that should have never made a second movie, On Golden Pond 2. Did they make it On Golden yeah, Pond 2? Yeah, terrible. I saw the porn version, On Goldie Hawn. Not <laughs> not very good. You might want to recheck that last statement. <laughs> I swear it's true. Wow. Anything else that we need to know? CFP Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You should spend less time on the internet. It wasn't an internet. This was beta. I think it was Betamax. <laughs> oh my gosh, beta. Laser disc. That's no, okay. And for Did the, you invest in laser For disc? the record, I never saw that. <laughs> I probably heard a late night comedian like Dave Letterman talking about it, and I probably stole it from him when I was a teenage boy. Okay. There you go. I never saw it. I swear. Is that better? Yes. New car every five to ten years. Is that realistic for seniors? Uh, usually it's about every ten years. But a lot of times people retire and they've had the same car, so it's a rotating thing. You've got to look at your car, your spouse's car, and actually project in there what year they're going to be replaced, um, kind of what the trade-in value is and what the value of the new car is, and project that cost in there. And also uh, other costs like maintaining the house. You know, If you're going to live in the same house for a long time, you're going to be putting back. a new roof on, you're going to be remodeling every ten years. Um, that type of thing. I don't know if a lot of seniors remodel every 10 years. I've been in their homes. And with that said, it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So this weekend I had bumps on my tongue. Bumps, I tell you. Um, got a really weak immune system right now. Something's going wrong with me. Um, why do I bring this up? Well, get good at investing because you never know when you're going to go. you got to get as much saved as you can. I bring it up more so important. I learned that I'm allergic to strong red wines. Um, with a low immune system, oof, rough. Now, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about more on the air. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Coming up, we're talking markets with Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com, Chief Market Analyst. Joining me now, Chief Market Analyst Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing.com is a website that provides a lot of financial data on the U.S. and international equity markets, as well as bond markets. Um, 
tons of information there that is, I feel, non-biased. Of course, we all carry some biases into anything we do in life, but uh, try to be as clean as you can in the world of financial data. Patrick, how are you? Hey, Rob. Doing fine. Thank you. Um, let's start with we opened today near record highs, some minor resistance above us. I don't look at the market numbers every day. I look at them, but I don't digest them. Mm-hmm. What do you, where are you as far as digesting of market highs and you know the market numbers of the Dow and the Russell and the Wilshire? Right. I, I'd say that uh, you know as a market analyst, I'm at a point of indigestion because <laughs> it's been really um, uh, a confusing market, if you will, uh, to start off 2014. There hasn't been any real clear trend. We obviously had a big down January, and then we've you know snapped right back in February uh, in a move that uh, had the remnants of uh, you know what we saw in 2013, which is just that there was a willingness to buy on the dip, and really really any piece of disappointing news was was pretty much dismissed as either uh, weather related or perhaps some type of marker that might encourage the Fed to uh, keep interest rates lower for for longer or perhaps defer you know further tapering and so uh, that's the uh, the trend that's in place at the moment and uh, you know again this morning we saw the uh, the weaker than expected NAHB housing market index report and the market just brushed it right off and you know we went come out gangbusters out of the gate but you know it's telling that the market still isn't selling off on any any remnants of bad news in your page one article that you put together every day for the markets and for briefing.com you start off saying you know bad weather's good weather or bad weather good market it, it's how long can we blame the bad weather for bad for covering up bad economic news at some point right. in time bad economic news is bad economic news yeah, you know, I have to admit, you know, I was a, I was a little facetious in, in saying that. You know, it was kind of almost to my wit's end to saying, you know, it's sort of ridiculous that we keep, you know, blaming the weather when there's starting to be uh, cracks in the surface of that argument. You know, we saw it uh, in in uh, durable goods orders. We saw it in, uh, you know, the, the non-farm payrolls report in that construction payrolls actually were up about 48,000 in January, so that's one disproof right there. We saw it last week in the retail sales report when the internet sales were down, uh, you know, 0.6 percent. You know, those are supposedly would have risen in an environment where the weather kept people, sh- you know, shut in. Um, you know, and we saw it in the uh, the downward revisions. I think to uh, industrial production data uh, for October and November when weather was not an issue. So, um, so it's, I think it's it's starting to to stretch uh, the limits of credibility there to keep you know blaming the weather. Uh, you know, there's there's more going on we think under the surface, and you know, and one of the things that's been striking to me as a market analyst is the underperformance of the Dow Jones transportation average. Uh, now, it was certainly, uh, you know, one of the best performers in 2013, but for other groups giving a, you know, a free pass here uh, related to the weather, you know, why not the transports? You know, if you've got pent-up demand that's going to ultimately shine through, you would think that uh, those stocks would be doing better than they are right now, but they're not. You know, they've been underperforming over the last one month, three months, uh, and certainly year-to-date, and they're underperforming again today. So it's it's an interesting divergence that uh, I'm going to be watching uh, closely. How do you feel about using the Dow Jones transports as a leading indicator? Do you feel it's reliable enough? These stocks should be hitting new highs if the economy is going to be moving forward, is a generic statement, but I think I'm putting those words in your mouth almost fairly. Is it a reliable indicator? 
You know, I think so. Um, you know, when you when you look at it specifically, I think in relation to the U.S. economic prospects. I mean, these are the airlines, the rails, the truckers. Uh, you know, that the freight companies they they uh, are on the front line, so to speak, in terms of you know pushing goods across country and uh and you would think that if the outlook for the US economy is as bright as uh you know people are making it out to be um you should see these stocks uh doing quite well and you should see their earnings uh growth continue to pick up and and you know what we saw in 2013 they they had a, a Terrific performance. I mean, the airlines led the way, and uh, but that, you know a lot of that was predicated on the whole idea that 2014 was going to be so much better, uh, and thus far, you know, we're still not having any real um, clarity on that on that um, prospect. So you know, everyone's jonesing for a three percent plus GDP growth, but uh, as we're clearly seeing here, the weather's going to curtail some of that, but it's not all weather-related, and so you're going to need to see uh, things uh, pick up here uh, through the second, third, fourth quarters if we're going to uh, achieve that. What if they don't pick up, but there's massive mergers and acquisitions, like there's one today, Activist by and Forest Labs for $25 billion. I love seeing the big-ticket purchases like this because I'm small money compared to that. So for bigger money to say I want to play, it's it's a good playground for me to be in. Yeah, you know, I think that, uh, you know, frankly, we're a little surprised we haven't seen uh, merger and acquisition activity pick up even more um, if the demand outlook is, is so subdued. And you've seen that, you know, with all this cash that's sitting on, you know, corporate balance sheets, you're not doing much with it, right? And so part of that is a reflection of the uncertainty about the demand outlook. And so you think that, you know, companies with you know, start to resort more and more to buying market share, if you will, by taking out their competitors. Now, one of the problems, though, that, you know, we see with doing that is that um, the companies they're acquiring are are worth a lot more, certainly from a market capitalization standpoint, the publicly traded companies than they were, you know, three, four years ago. And so it's going to be quite costly to uh, to take out some of these names. And we think that there might be some reticence on the part of, you know, CFOs and, and corporate boards to uh, pay large premiums here uh, out of concern about their return on investment. And that could ultimately sort of act as a headwind on M&A activity. But to the extent that uh, global activity is not picking up as many thought it might at this point. It could see M&A activity making some sense as companies try to pick up market share by taking out some of the smaller competitors. One of my tenets to tell people to continue to invest, to buy on dips, to give yourself 40 years from age 20 to 60 is that there is things like mergers and acquisitions that will get us through slower economic times that there is no other better option. Is that a fair statement to say mergers and acquisitions, capitalism will come in and find value if you can't find value. Well, not not all the time. I mean, okay. I think we you know saw that obviously uh, in the first Time Warner merger, right? I mean, in the the huge uh, write off there with you know the whole AOL Time Warner deal, and um, you know Fair. it's times like these when you do have to worry that uh, companies you know pay much too high a price, you know, and. Uh, and you see those goodwill write downs in future years when uh you know the the promises of that uh merger didn't necessarily live up to the uh to the bullish promises that were advertised at the at the start of that 
that merger. So, you know, we think really, you know, if you're uh, the thing that you can rely on or, or if you're going to sit there from a long-term investment standpoint is, again, are those companies that you know have the uh, financial ability to continue to raise their dividend year in and year out. And there are many of the same, you know, familiar names. Most of them are in the Dow 30, uh, but there's those dividends aristocrats I've talked to you about in the past uh, that have a track record of raising their dividend for at least 25 years. And those are companies that uh, investors need to be looking more toward rather than just necessarily relying on, you know, M&A activity carrying the day. We're speaking with the one, the only Patrick O'Hare, market analyst, briefing.com, he's chief market analyst. We've got about a minute, minute and a half. Anything you want us to be focusing in on that you're starting to find interesting? Well, um, you know, the economic data continues to be of increasing interest here as we move away from January, you're not getting February data. Um, curious about how the market's going to react to it again. As we've got some housing data that's coming out later this week that will be interesting to watch. Housing starts and existing home sales, uh, and uh, you know, so that's what I'm going to be focusing on this week. Is is really kind of what we're hearing, you know, in those reports and how the market's reacting to them. Thanks very much. It's chief market analyst. Patrick O'Hare, you can find him at briefing.com every Tuesday. He starts with us at 7.30 Pacific time. Let me figure out where you are. I think he talks intelligently, well-spoken, with a lot of insight, with a lot of experience. Is he as bullish as I would want him to be? Woohoo! everything's going higher, everything's great. No, but I don't want that either. <clears throat> there is something, though, you know, to be said that... Um, the tenor of the analyst you're listening to is something you should pay attention to. And for me, Patrick O'Hare has been there for 15, I think 18 years now in my world. Um, I think the tenor is critically, critically important uh, to get a good idea of, you know, what they represent. I remember back in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, back in the, the mid-90s, there was a guy who would scream that the market's going lower, that IBM's going to 10. And over time, he's probably right. I don't know. When our planet Earth goes hurling into the sun, I bet IBM is at $10 or less a share. But I don't think that helps people to sell panic and fear and stupidity. Um, Yes, when our planet does hurl to the sun, a lot of the material wealth people collected will look kind of silly. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Again, you can find Briefing at briefing.com for independent live market analysis of the United States and international equity markets. I have a big event myself coming up in a couple Thursdays from now in Pleasanton, California, talking about the markets and bond alternatives in retirement. Learn more at robblack.com. As the S&P 500. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
so you're maybe going to love or hate this story. That's fine. The swimsuit issue for Sports Illustrated is 50 years old. Kate Upton did a shoot for the swimsuit issue for Sports Illustrated in space. That tells you this makes a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of money. That's all I really have for you on that angle. Um, I don't know. The history of the paper or the news, um, the money-making machine. Its parent company is Time Warner, Time Inc. Um, on newsstands now. I don't know. Something tells me that there's a story there. There's not that much of a story, but they're able to shoot in a zero gravity environment. It's pretty cool photos, but tis what it is, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. A lot of people won't get to retirement, in my opinion, because they don't do simple things. You know, if you're in a horrible job, or if you see, like, whoa, people with my degree are in a horrible job, whether it be high school or some sort of college degree, the biggest obstacle to your richness is you know, your ability to earn income from age 20 to 60. You have to invest in yourself. You know, keep in mind that some college majors, finance, computer science, nursing, lead to more lucrative careers than, you know, arts and humanities. Another reason you will not retire rich is because you buy everything new. New stuff is nice. But cars lose 30% of the value, you know, within the first two years. If you could buy a two-year-old vehicle, killer, heaven, and as that CFP friend of mine says, it's new to you. I know. But I need, I need. I'm entitled. A lot of people retire a little bit too early. Um, there's not a right age. It's not a science. It's an art. You can claim Social Security at 62, but your benefit can be reduced by as much as 30% if you wait till full retirement age. Um you know, speaking of health, that's one reason people are poor in retirement. You will eat up a lot of your nest egg if you're unhealthy. And that's in your, in your life, too. You know, you go and get any sort of procedure done, like you don't brush your teeth and tooth falls out and you want new tooth put in, that could run $6,000. Talk to people who go to the hospital on a regular basis and how much it is. But they have insurance, but insurance only covers so much until you hit your deductible. A lot of people will pass up free money. If you have a 401k, 403b, you would be foolish not to uh, pick up that dollar that you see on the sidewalk. Old tax refunds, old paychecks, forgotten stocks. There's a website called missingmoney.com, missingmoney.com, and go collect some free money. And then if you want to, you know, put a little bit of it in a will or trust for me, fine. You will go find some money if you go to www.missingmoney.com. For instance. I don't remember, but sometimes when I was like 15 or 16, I worked for Marriott in their kitchen for like a day. And there's a paycheck out there for me for like $43. I don't remember it. I don't even know if it was me, but it's got my Social Security on it, so claim it. A lot of people pay too many fees. If you're continually returning DVDs late kind of thing, if you're going to your ATM, if late payment penalties ever hit your credit card, you're an idiot. You're a financial idiot. I don't want to be an American idiot. Um, you carry too much debt. Debt's very expensive. The average American household carries $7,000 of debt. 
If you make only the minimum payment, it's going to take you 28 years to pay that off. A lot of people save too little. A friend of mine went to Thailand, got an apartment in San Francisco. Now, the apartment in San Francisco isn't necessarily more expensive, but the commute, a little bit longer. That's more expensive. The dinners, the breakfasts, the night outs, definitely more expensive. Um, I don't know. I see it way too often. And in a scenario like San Francisco, one parking ticket and a lot of the perceived value of the cheaper room is gone. I see way too many people not focus on the future and only focus on the now. Um, Saving too little. If you can save 10% of your paycheck, great. 15% greater. 20% greatest. I go as far as to say any credit card reward I put automatically into a savings account. Um, there's 529 plans. Even if you don't have a kid, you can open up an account at youpromise.com, youpromise.com for a future child, and start saving under e-script points. That, you know, every time you shop at Safeway, it goes to your kid's 529 plan. It may not sound like a lot. It may not ever be a lot. But money that you don't have to give up and someone else gives to you, highly endorse. So bad habits are the, the worst one. I know people who have inherited money who blow it quickly. Um, I know people who, you know, played the lottery, 1000 bucks, uh, or they play, like, video poker. They pull in a royal flush, and they pull in $300,000, and it's gone within a month because it's all digital. Let's go to a quick phone call. Let's go to Vivian, San Jose. Vivian. Vivian. Hi. Hi. So I have two questions. Hopefully you have answers. Um, I've been hearing a lot about uh, bitcoins, and I wanted to know what you think about bitcoins and their future as either as an investment and or worldwide currency. And the second one I... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Right yeah. there. I think it has a better chance of being a currency than as an investment. Investment, it's wildly speculative. Okay. But I do think digital currencies have a place in our economy, whether it be credit card points that you get and spend on other things. What's your last question? Okay, the other one um, is about the World Wide Web going black around the end of March. And Vivian, there's something. The there's some, Yeah, thanks for the call. There's something very, very, very wrong with you if you think the web's going down. Um, tied towards Bitcoin? I'd say you're listening to some radical radio out there. Be very cautious. You can find me online at robblack.com, robblack.com. Big event coming up in Pleasanton. Check it out, robblack.com. AM's attorney, Travis Kropelka. For this week, we're wait 947-7600 for a free consultation. But planning workshop. That's robblack.com. To a single M. Your one blood donation can help save the twelve twenty. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in, Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Maybe I shouldn't say welcome back in because a lot of people are solo hour listeners. You can listen to the show online at kdow.biz. You can stream it live or you can get a podcast of the show at kdow.biz under Rob Black and Your Money. 
or at iTunes. Both of them are free at Rob Black and your money. Um, Wall Street investing and much, much more. The show does take some angles that are inappropriate. Um, It's tough to steer a financial show that is focused on retirement issues and to always stay on track to you. We're going to call last hour from a woman who's interested in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, you know, look, digital currencies have no backing. They have no regulation. You can lose everything. So that's fine. Is there digital coins out there right now? Sure. You know, anytime I use my credit card at Amazon, they give me points. That's digital currency. Is there going to be another form of digital currencies in our lifetime, like doggy coin or Bitcoin, where we're able to exchange large amounts of goods? I hope there's some regulation for most people to who get involved in that scenario. Today we're seeing mostly an up market. That's tough to say. It's kind of we're going in and out of a up and down kind of market. So SP 500's up one, Dow's down 13, the Nasdaq up 24. Candy Crush crash coming. King files for an IPO, reveals revenue decline. A lot of companies can't get more than a one-hit wonder. You can take a look at a company like Electronic Arts and Activision, where they've had these Call of Duty franchises or Madden franchises, and they can't seem to grow more franchises around them. So the Candy Crush IPO is, I'm not going to say problematic, but I will scratch my head and go... Do we need a company to be publicly traded to have access to capital markets who makes video games? Banks, yes. I'll start my argument there. Um, Companies like Apple, sure. They're a pretty big global franchise. They need capital to invest in manufacturing. They need capital to invest in uh, payrolls. You know, they need bonds to you know make sure that their employees get paid smoothly around the world. It's complicated business. Do we need a video game company to have access to publicly traded cash? Now again, could Candy could Candy Crush, the maker of the game King, could they come up with Candy Crush 2.0 that cures hemorrhoids? Could they come up with Candy Crush 2.0 that is self-driving cars? Maybe. And that's why they're going to get access to publicly traded cash. And some people will go, I get it. Some people will go, I don't get it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Donald Trump fires his top advisor after a BuzzFeed expose on him. I find anyone that likes Donald Trump to be kind of below me. Because I hope you can see that he's a lot of hot air. And that he made a lot of his money by inheriting it. And he made most of his money by branding his name onto other products. He didn't really make much. He rebranded. Which I give a lot of credit to. But if you think he has secrets to making millions and billions, here's the secret. Figure out how to get a big expensive luxury apartment building to put your name on it. The Black Taj Mahal. Ooh, that may not go over terribly well, right? The Black Towers. Ooh, too foreboding. But you figure out how to get your name on a tower that you didn't build. 
so yeah, of course he's kind of like a, a Ralph Lauren, a brand. And there's some value in that, there's no doubt. But if you think he's got a secret to teach you how to make money, you're heavily, heavily mistaken. And again, you're an amateur. I refer to you as a donut hole. I eat you for breakfast. Mmm. Donuts. Not as good as beer, but pretty darn good in the morning when you're trying to consume your enemy, making them into donuts. Um, the Empire State Manufacturing Statistic Economic Data Point came out today. It plunged below Wall Street expectations. Um, instantly, a lot of people are saying, you know, the increase in new orders is supportive of activity in February, but we are in a continuous inclement weather, and it's weighing on manufacturing sentiment in the Northeast. Whether it's true or false, at some point in time, cold weather, the demand doesn't come back because people have missed so many days. The home builder confidence plunged. This is not a good reading. Biggest fall on record. Probably telling you that lower prices coming down the road. Now, one of the reasons their confidence was weaker was tied towards the weather. Unusually severe weather conditions continued concerns over the cost and availability of labor in lots. So, clearly constraints on the supply chain for building materials. Developed lots and skilled workers are making the builders very, very weary. A report coming out of home builders should not directly be linked to home prices. They've been bullish for a long time. The headline index still looks high relative to the recent new home sales data. A lot of people don't think that things have been abandoned in housing, but have been deferred. But things should get worse with this weather buildup that we've seen. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Under Armour, big Olympic story. And I wish I had Olympic music to play, but I don't. Um, the speed skaters had some problems with their suits. And Under Armour a couple weeks ago reported a quarter that kicked butt. It was all that in a bucket of chicken. So stock went from 85, straight up, straight up, straight up like a rocket, uh, to $108. And then late last week, mid-last week, there was a story that Under Armour's speed skating suits weren't quite, they were a drag. They were, weren't quite as aerodynamic as we thought. And the stock dropped to 105 only to be back to 107 essentially within spitting distance of its all-time high of 110 Sometimes headline news creates buying opportunities. I'm not saying this is one because the stock really just gapped up massively. But you get the idea that it could potentially at some point in time. Comcast is working on a Netflix killer, which means Time Warner's customers might not get the Netflix app on their cable set top boxes. I've used Comcast Xfinity, and it's pretty damn robust as far as video content, internet on various devices. I'm not one to say nice things about Comcast because it's easy and everyone will laugh along with me. Oh, the cable company is horrible. Oh, the cable company is like going to see the oncologist. It's never good news, right? Netflix does have a little bit of a problem that they are doing what they do very, very well. But so is Comcast. And Comcast has access to a lot more content than Netflix does. On the other hand, Netflix has always got other, not independent, but players in binge content, like HBO, 
which is great, HBO Go, another you know pretty sweet little app. Yes, I like Netflix. I think Netflix is really super appropriate for people who love binge viewing and for people with children. Because the content they have for children is uh, pretty robust, all things considered. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. What do you think? The web disappears in March like Vivian thinks? That would... <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be right back. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Gain of 0.1%. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. U.S. Home Builder Confidence sinks in February. Housing and auto is a very big part of our economy, so we pay attention to them. Net gold demand last year slipped 15% in 2013 as the Fed starts to cut down on its tapering. I see gold going lower. To me, it's that linked hand in hand. Easy money equals easy moves up for gold. Tougher money equals... Those best days may be gone for gold for a long time. Activist is buying Forest Labs for $25 billion. Big another windfall for Carl Icahn. Let's go to a phone call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Let's go to Paige from Fremont. Yeah, hi, good morning. Um, I have a question, Rob, about uh, the Myra that Obama's been talking about. I tried to geek out on it um, last week, and I can't really understand what's going on. I have more questions than answers, really. Yeah, it's um, just another way to get people to try to take advantage or take their future retirement into their own hands. Social Security is something that most people don't take into their own hands. Um, Social Security, 20% of your wage is not enough. You need a million dollars in savings to generate $40,000 of income. So most people can't live off the 20000 which becomes 10000 after taxes of Social Security. So they said, hey, look, save. What's interesting well, is I think I think he's speaking to stupid people. I think yeah, he's I was just trying to ahead. find the angle in that you know it seemed like uh, it it's a uh, capped out at fifteen grand and it it'll only last for thirty years. But I was wondering if it would be another vehicle to you know add to the four hundred one k and that if you're already maxing out your four hundred one k, could you? I see no re- I see no reason for normal people to go after Myra. Okay. I, I think was just looking for another angle and then roll it over into a traditional IRA every year as well. Um, I can look into that and think about that, but at this point in time, you're asking, and thanks for the call, you're putting money into the government's hands, and the government's bankrupt, or they're basically not bankrupt, but um, how shall we say they're upside down as far as what they spend versus what they collect. Um, you're going after low-risk securities. It, yes, it's a way of skipping the Wall Street angle and going to the government, but I think it's a speech thing at best. It will invest in government savings bonds and provide returns of 2 to 3%. After inflation, it will provide returns of 0% over time. Um, it's a little more than worthless for a young saver, and you're a young saver. Still there, Paige? Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty good. Question two? 
Uh, question two is, uh, you know, uh, I've got about 300K saved in my 401K, and I feel like I'm too heavily weighted uh, internationally, and I was wondering what kind of uh, rebalancing trends that you would recommend. I rebalance every two, um, every six months, um, biannually. Uh-huh. Um, it depends on what you mean by international. Uh, if you're lumping international, if you're lumping, see, and thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks for the call. It's We're going back and forth in a funny way. Um, I like Europe a lot for the long-term patient investor. I consider that international. But even more importantly, I consider the U.S. international in the sense that Coca-Cola, Apple, both get over 50% of the revenues from outside the United States. So you get into this mathematics of what's an American company, what's an international. Asia has more tiger economies, um, emerging market economies, developing countries. It's, it's interesting. I'm not a fan in any way, shape, or form of Russia. I can deal, I can deal with Brazil, but that's really a 30-year play, which, okay, I'll sober up and say 20-year. I like India and China, but I like the countries around India and China probably more than I like India and China because there's ways to play you know, the direct benefits of those exploding growth economies. Um, so, yeah, it's when I was a young 20-year-old man, I would say you know, maybe 5 to 10% of your money was international. But now it's at least 20 to 40%, depending on your risk profile. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. The S&P 500 is up three. Eh, it's kind of up, down, up, down. We're not really buying into this, are we? The Dow is down fractions, and the NASDAQ is up 25 points. NASDAQ having a much better day than the overall market. So 30-year Treasury, or 30-year mortgage rates, sit about 4.31%. If you take a look at the 10-year Treasury at this point in time, 2.71%. Crude oil under $100 a barrel, $93. That's kind of a damnation game. You might remember natural gas was left for dead a couple years back, a few years back, probably three to five years is a better way of saying that. And then we started fracking the heck out of our, our wells, and we fracked natural gas out of them. So gold sits at 13.22 an ounce. I see that as lower. Tesla's in the news today, and I should bring this up. There's two stories tied towards Tesla. The first one is that their head of corporate strategy met with Apple's head of mergers and acquisitions, and they talked last year. It seems like a natural, natural fit, right? The downside is it doesn't really seem like a natural, natural fit. And I'm not talking both sides here. Tesla is making great cars, and Apple probably wants to get more so into the integrated operating system into high-end luxury cars, whether they be BMWs or Tesla. A lot of innovation in the world starts at the top, anti-lock brakes, and trickles down to every car made. Tesla enthusiasts drive electric cars, and they, they go crazy. They love them. There's some legislation out there that said it would prevent the company from opening and operating additional facilities in Washington State. Um, The car companies, the auto dealerships, and the auto dealerships have a big stake in this. You know, you could be, and I'm making this up, Steve Young. Steve Young Honda. He builds a building, he hires people, he hires mechanics. Um, And Steve Young Honda doesn't want to see Tesla come in as competition. 
And he'll say, look, I've put all this infrastructure in place. I've got all these employees. Is it really in our best interest to, like, water everything down? And they say, you know, Tesla for their box says, we've we got showrooms. We don't really do financing on the spot. So depending on what side of the fence you're on, you're either going to hate Tesla for coming into your local markets, or you're going to hate, I love Tesla for coming into your local markets. Um, I know people who own a Tesla who call the process of buying them seamless. But governments will step in the way of capitalism at times and make it very, very difficult. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Samsung's got a new phone coming out. It's said to have a giant high-resolution screen. Can Samsung do fingerprint ID better than Apple's iPhone 5S? A lot of questions on that. Apple's, for their initiative, they've been talking to a lot of retailers this year about rolling out their payment system. Payments are going to be much bigger than hardware, software. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. This is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. I've got a big event coming up in Pleasanton. In Pleasanton, it is a income portfolio wealth and retirement event coming up a couple Thursdays from now. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. AM 1220, Katie. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, I found it interesting that Mitt Romney came out over the weekend and basically blasted Olympics, saying something along the lines of, um, way, way too expensive. To the tune of, I could have done that for $47 billion cheaper. There is success or failure starts at the top, and that's one of the problems with communism and or leaders who want to be perceived as the king of everything. And that's the problem with Putin, is that he's got a masculine ego that he wants to be perceived as the best of the best. People are leaving the Sochi Olympic Games at this point in time because there's so much concrete dust in the air that they're not able to perform the way they want to perform. $50 billion, probably pretty well misspent. With that said, I do like the men's and women's hockey. I know you're saying, did you just say you like women's hockey? I know. There's probably a 12-step program waiting for me somewhere. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The S&P 500 is up 3. The Dow's up 4. The NASDAQ up 28. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, one of the biggest, most successful investors of all time, Warren Buffett. And a lot of people like to quote Warren Buffett, you know, kind of like be like Michael Jordan, be like Warren Buffett in investing is the whole idea. Do you have any favorite phrases by Warren Buffett? Favorite phrases by Warren Buffett? I'm not a guy that really kind of holds on to the, the phrase idea, but 
you know, he has a lot of fra- phrases that make you want to buy things when everybody else doesn't want to buy them. For instance, right. pain today, gain tomorrow, right. is something that's attributed to him. Never. Now, was he buy when there's blood on the streets? Is that... I don't See, know. I'm awful with quotes. Yeah, yeah. I can remember tax code, but I can't remember quotes. I mean, look, the, the thing about Warren Buffett is he's the kind of guy that likes to invest in what he can understand. Which is another phrase that he has, never invest in a business you can't understand. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I know it's in there somewhere. So he wants it simple like McDonald's because you, you eat at McDonald's. He wants it simple like Nike because you wear Nikes. Or in his case, you know, Coca-Cola because you drink Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't want you going out and buying the next great, you know, Oracle. Oracle is a pretty complex business investment, you know, tied towards databases and business software that the average person won't be able to wrap their head around it other than to say, I know they're doing something very high, highly skilled. Yeah, and when he typically gets into plays like that, um, you know, a lot of his deals that he does, remember, are these convertible bond deals, where it's really the issue of loaning money at a high interest rate with the ability to turn around and buy the stock if the stock rallies. So he gets funded on the interest rate side, and then he has that total upside potential if he's able to go and invest in a company that turns around. So what he's doing is he's loaning money to companies that need it, but they have a turnaround plan. And the turnaround plan makes sense to him. Which is funny because he does have a phrase out there called turnaround seldomly turn. And he's telling the average investor, don't count on the common stock being saved quickly. Don't expect the big companies made a huge mistake to be able to uh, resuscitate themselves. Like an Eastman Kodak. Mm-hmm. That's been a turnaround story for 10 plus years before going into bankruptcy. It, it never turned. It never, it never got the, the corner that they needed to get. I think this is the second time they've been in bankruptcy since you and I have been doing radio together. And another, you know, a good example of a company that just can't turn around, um, Hewlett-Packard. They're having problems turning it around. Will they? Probably. Probably. But when? We don't know. So stay away from those kind of investments. How about this one? Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. That's one of the best ones because if you look at, there's a uh, Callan Periodic Table of Investments, and you can Google it. Callan Periodic Table of Investments. I just call Callan. C-A-L-L-A-N. Okay. And uh, there might be an H in there, so don't. Quote me on that one, but I believe it's I believe it's not. But you go to that site and you can see that every single asset class rotates, especially on the small and mid cap and emerging market side, which has been the best returns really over the last two decades, and where two thirds of the growth is going to be coming from, which would be emerging markets over the next couple of decades. They're very volatile, and what happens? They'll spend three years at the top of the heap, the best asset class ever, and then they'll spend two to three years at the bottom, the worst asset class to be in, and so people typically look at their 401ks, and they're always buying the, the best one- and three-year average returns. You want to look at it and say, what's the 10-year average return, and has it, has it done bad the last couple of years? You typically want to buy the ones that have a really, really good 10-year average return, but they haven't done so well the last two years because that's, that's when the timing's right. When it's scary to buy it, that's when you get the highest returns. And another phrase which that leads straight into is, unless you can watch your stock decline by 50% without becoming panic-stricken, you should not be in the stock market. Well, you've got to define every investment. Is this investment a trade yep. where you're only willing to accept maybe a 7 to 10% loss? Or is this a long-term investment? And if you're buying the stock, it's got a, a dividend that's being increased. Its earnings are growing. Its revenue is growing. It's doing everything right. It's continuing a dividend increase, but it might sell off 15% because of other market issues, systemic risk issues from debt, whatever it may be. You're, you're willing to let your long-term investments fluctuate more in price because you're getting a dividend all the time that's always going up versus a trade that you're making that's that you're only going to get rewarded on the share price. And final topic for Warren Buffett, Chad Burton, CFP. An investor should act as though he has a lifetime decision card with just 20 punches on it. Do you kind of agree with that, that you know we only invest from age 20 to 60, and you probably should 
treat your investment decisions as you only make 20 of them, so make them correct. Yeah, I mean, 20 investment decisions would be hard to keep it to. That's that's you know, yeah, it's, it's a little limiting, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a little scary, but people will make the same mistakes two to three times before they figure out their their actual mistake before they stop doing it. He's probably just saying, be, be honest with yourself and think before you jump. You know, look look before you leap. Yeah, you know, and the younger people, they just their their biggest asset is their ability to earn money. So you need to protect that and grow that with education. I mean, you've got to get highly educated in this type of an economy that we're in, where the f- unemployment rate's four percent for highly educated people. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. He is a certified financial planner. You can also find his personal website, chadburton.com, chadburton.com. And Chad and I will be in Pleasanton in a couple weeks, a couple Thursdays from now. It's a good event to ask questions. It's tied towards people probably 40 or older who are heading towards retirement or who are in retirement. Um, it's a two-and-a-half-hour event. It typically stretches to three hours, uh, very loose stretch to three hours. Uh, it's a good chance to bring questions. I think the biggest mistake people makes is not knowing and assuming, whether it be healthcare cost, whether it be how much money do they need. Uh, I don't want to take my foot off the accelerator until I'm done, and I've got some questions still. When I do take my foot off the accelerator, I probably won't be able to put it back on the accelerator. I have started to loosely define, like, Okay, let's say I do stop working in financial media. I do stop working in financial community. I probably don't want to stay in it. Or if I do, it's probably on a teaching basis at a community college. So I've got an image. It may not be as fleshed out as it should be. And therefore, I've got a lot of questions. Um, And you should, too. It kills me when people take advantage of their own scenario and just assume, like, yeah, I'll worry about it later. Time to worry about it is now. I see way too many uh, people just never, ever, ever have the maturity to discuss financial issues. Uh, I was speaking with some family members, uh, one of which who inherited some wealth, and people have a real difficult time talking about money. How does it get divided up when I'm gone? How much do I get if you go away? How much... And it it goes on from there. So I've got a brother, you know, who got a divorce late in life. He had a company. And I think he quit his company because it was going to get messy in the divorce. I'm not 100% positive, but that feels about right. So, things to consider. Um, Can you talk about money? When the economy improves, get this, the divorce rate actually improves. It goes up. Divorces were at a 40-year low in 2009 when the economy and the recession were at its worst. As the economy normalizes, so do family dynamics. Birth rates, divorce rates start to rise. Now, a good economy means more divorces. A good economy means more babies. A good economy means more housing. So there's some housing data out this morning that I don't get. When we divorce, we split. You live here, I live there. When we make babies, we go, you know what, sugar booger, we can't stand an apartment anymore. I can't stand that screaming baby. Got to get a bigger house. Got to just, you know, get more territory. So I know there's things like divorces that 
seriously have a big impact in home prices. But also divorces ruin people financially. Women may carry a greater burden in the cost of child care. But they're also more restrained in paid work that they can earn as a primary caregiver for a family. It's a lot of dynamics, right? And the sad thing, like I said, is I see so many people just not willing to talk. And when they do, they get tense. Or they'll go, I don't want to talk about it right now! And that ain't the right answer. Because the dynamics of what your retirement look like, the dynamics of worst-case scenarios, they all need to be addressed sooner rather than later. Netflix House of Cards, big win. The binging has um, started. House of Cards released over, I think, on Valentine's Day. Again, I'm a little out of it on some of these. Um, last year on the first weekend, 2% of Netflix users watched. This year, it's 16% of Netflix subscribers. Forest Labs being gobbled up by the second largest generic drug maker. Tesla's protesting a state of Washington piece of legislation that may stop them from having more than two centers because they're a manufacturing company more than a dealership. We'll take a break here. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Learn more about that Pleasanton seminar at robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So, I'm Rob Black. I do the best I can on this show to give you as much perspective as possible. Coca Cola planning a billion dollars in cost cuts as profit falls. Some people on Wall Street likes that. Um, I see slowing markets in the U.S. and Mexico. I see a war on diet sweeteners. And I like Coca-Cola, and I think it could be one of the best performing stocks of the year in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. But that's based on finances, not based on fundamentals. Maker Candy Crush just filed for a $500 million IPO. The numbers are insane on a year-over-year basis. But on a quarter-to-quarter basis, there is a drop now in quarter-averagely um, revenue numbers. And that's a little bit of a problem. So it looks like it hit its fastest mile or fastest sprint last quarter. And quarter to quarter, or two quarters ago is the best way of saying that, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that Spotify is filing for an IPO. I know you're saying, what do you like, Rob? Why are you so negative? I'm negative because it's, that's a very attractive quality. It, it means that I don't rush in. It means that I scrutinize. So Spotify filing for an IPO, and I look at their revenues, $538 million raised by investors, $728 million in revenue, and they've lost money to this point. And I can say, looking at Pandora, I look at Google Music. I see that industry consolidating. Look at the first year of the IPO of Facebook. Look at the first year IPO of, of some of these companies. They struggle. Now, again, the Web 2.0 IPO door is starting to close. Because people are starting to rush towards it. Web 2.0 sometimes is loosely defined as mobile, social, connected. 
um, cloud. How long does it take for it to close? Well, it took the dot-com era about eight years total. But a lot of the deals that came after years one and two and three ended up being meh at best. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Um, other stories out there, Comcast could be working on a Netflix killer, which means Time Warner customers might not be getting a Netflix app. I've used Comcast's uh, Xfinity service, and it, I'll be honest with you, it's pretty damn good. If you subscribe to their channels, you get a lot of content on their app. Time Warner and Netflix were in talks to add the streaming app to cable boxes. But the discussions have slowed following the surprising announcement that Comcast would take over Time Warner for $45 billion. Now, again, that deal is not going to close for probably a year. What you need to know about that is, is that it may not close. And right now, Apple is actually being punished, as is Netflix is being punished, because they were probably going to break into that ecosystem of cable set-top boxes. Does Apple... You know what? Oh, God, I heard this rumor this weekend. And I will tell you, it probably excited me a little bit to it appropriately. Because I think this makes all the sense in the world. But are we there yet? What if your wristwatch could tell you you were about to have a heart attack? That was the premise of the article. You'd be able to choose some aspirin to prevent it. You'd be able to call 911 and get the ambulance on the way. You'd more than likely survive. 600,000 people per year die of a heart disease. Maybe they don't have to. And then the article says Apple, which is reportedly working on smart wristwatch, is looking to unlock such a technology. They've hired David Baker. Nope, they didn't hire David Baker. They hired Tomlinson Holman. He's a renowned audio engineer to develop software and hardware that would allow a wrist on your a watch on your wrist to listen to your blood flow and then alert you when turbulence hits. He worked with Lucasfilm on a, you know, he led development of THX, which when your sound audio technology is introducing itself to you before a movie starts, you know it's pretty good technology. Now, people have speculated on new devices for Apple for years and been wrong. We tend to say, okay, the iPad will get this upgrade, the iPhone will get a bigger screen, which is more right. Body monitoring health, improving wearable computer. Do you know how much money I'd, I'd spend easily? $5,000. I'll start the bidding at $5,000 on an iWatch, and it could monitor blood pressure. I'm starting to get up in years where I'm starting to see people my age die. Some from heart disease. Now, again, they tend to be a little lumpy in the stomach. But uh, we're going to live a long time, and Apple could charge a premium if they figure this out. So they've hired someone from Burberry, CEO, who knows luxury shopping. They've hired Yves St. Laurent, ex-CEO president, to come in and help design product. So we know something's coming. Uh, my dentist, Dr. Zachary Held in San Carlos, California, he, uh, he does a blood pressure check before you actually sit down. And I think every single time, because he says, like, man, maybe I save you. Maybe I save your life. He looked at my tongue recently. He's like, you need to go see a doctor because your tongue doesn't look healthy. And I'm like, What? He's like, yeah, you got some sort of low-level inflammation going on in your body. I've never heard a dentist in my life say that to me. And uh, he started out with the diagnosis as being something very light, and he ends up with a diagnosis that could be as hard as HIV. 
And I'm like, whoa. And he's like, hey, you want to go get a beer one day and talk money? I'm like, I'm not going to go get a beer with you. I might have HIV. I might die on you. And I don't want you to like lose this great friendship. But diagnosis is, and this is checking of a tongue. Can you imagine having a watch that you put on every day for a couple hours a day? Maybe the whole day, maybe not the whole day. I don't know. But can you imagine how powerful that is to you? I think it's pretty powerful. And if Apple can figure it out with those three people that I mentioned, uh, I'm in. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. Today from 1 to 2, you get the CFP chat. Burton, new Focus on Wealth show. He and I will be doing an event coming up in Pleasanton. Late this month on a Thursday evening, the 27th. In Pleasanton, you can learn more about the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Don't be shy. Take it right here. Talk soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.